you living in a van or just van life in itself is kind of a relationship because <laughs> in the beginning it's it probably is. very glossy and sexy and and then maybe a month or six months or a year down the road it's a very different relationship the she's road. beat up ugly you don't love her anymore you're ready to move on to a sexier younger van yeah i get it Dylan's old van. i know what you're talking about trekking heavier traveling life there's one thing that's right wherever i go that's where i am All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan. My name is Zoltan, and this week I got a good buddy of mine as a guest on the pod, the one and only Mr. Jake Silberman. Hello, people, <laughs> and Zoltan. And me. And guy in the corner. That's Mike. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Mike, dude. Mike's here. Running the ones and two. There's actually way more stuff over there. It's incredible. Like, how yeah. much equipment do you need to hear two white guys talk? It's wild. Like, if you pan that camera around. Yeah, they're making like, it harder and harder for get our, to get our message message out so <laughs> <laughs> listen the meeting's on friday yeah okay yeah my favorite is the mixing board with the different colors that looks like simon yeah remember it does look game? like simon yeah and you're Man. like you got to remember the pattern uh anyway thanks so much for joining me it was uh i had a not that you guys know but i had a menace of a time trying to get here yeah dude i had my it was so funny a buddy of mine texted me going how's the city treating you right when the first like subway snafu ever happened to me okay which is I, I have to switch trains to the six and then i it was there waiting for me with the doors open and i'm like yeah and i ran in and then nothing happened and i'm like that's not good and then yeah. the recording comes on something of an emergency and i had to make the decision i'm like do i wait this out right or or risk being way late or right. do i give it a few minutes and then catch an uber yeah point is i caught an uber there's no real end of the story i didn't get my guest someone coffee. probably died on the tracks though it's exciting yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's, a it's sad for the family it's a death or a stab it's so funny because yeah. like when i used to live in southern california and you'd get so angry and in, in bumper to bumper traffic and you're like someone better be dead for this yeah i kind of maybe felt that way too when i called an uber and it's like now you're two dollar and 75 cent subway ride is now 31 dollars to, to oh. get the rest of the way and you're like are you still uh someone better be dead for this are you still paying for the subway yeah, are you a jumper? Oh, I'm a big jumper. You're a jumper? Dude, I live in a fucking van. Yeah, I'm not paying for that uh, shit. Oh, no, I've I'm always a... wanted to talk to one of you. You yeah. just jump it. Yeah. You just do it. What if the train's not ready? And then you just jump it, and then you stand amongst the people that paid. No problem? Dude, it's New York. No one gives a shit about anything here. I, as yeah. long as you're not I'm trying like... to settle into that mindset, because I still care about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I say... In a few months, you'll be on our team. I think you really will. Mike, do you I jump? Uh, I jumped one time and got a ticket immediately. Um, you got I, ju you. I jumped into the arms of a police officer. Oh, essentially. Okay. But the new. Have you seen the new turnstiles they're implementing? Yeah, we're, we're, Those are we're not happy about that. Off, the, the community is What's not the happy. New with the, the turnstile jumping community. We're not happy. Really? No. What's the, the, the new MTA has basically been like, we're losing three quarters of a billion dollars from people jumping, so they're just gonna come up with like basically like a a wall, like a door. Okay. It looks like a heart. Like it looks like a saloon door that you can only. It only opens if you pay right and then it'll like do like that so of all the and, and listen i'm not here to talk about anyone's economic strife but and i understand inflation and rents are high but it's 275 
275 a bunch of times a day. That's true. Are you moving around a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, in, I'm, I'm pretty, out there. I'm pretty sedentary. Well, you have an apartment. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> that's what it is. My, my, uh, Once I have an apartment, maybe I'll go back to the legal <laughs> side. But right now, I'm just like, I'm on the subway all day. I'm not paying every time. Also, it is just like, I don't know. They left it open. They did. Like, I, maybe when they built those, they were like, people are decent, upstanding citizens of New York City, but the times have changed. Right. And now, the, I don't know. It, I know. It does seem weird that the world is ending. Yeah. Every day it's getting a little bit hotter. Yep. And water levels rising yeah, a little yeah. bit more. And then and I'm still like, well, I better bloop. Got to keep the system going. <laughs> and then I tap my phone. I wonder if there's going to be a time when the water level is so high that we're just wading through the waters of the New York City oh, subway dude. station. And I'm still tapping. You're just like, and then And then just hey, swim man, over to the podium. Be a decent guy and pay your fare. <laughs> Here's the thing is that... You know, like how, like now, it's almost normal that like it's weird when parents are still together. Yeah, I think you are. I'm weird for paying. I think you're the weird guy for paying, dude. Because I mean, I know people pay, but boy, I see a lot of jumpers. Oh no, I and mean I know, that. and and you are especially got to be one of the few comics who pays. Really, dude, comics I are like notoriously broke. I, I mean, rule not, benders, not parting, not part of the system in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think you're I'm a big rule follower. But you're an immigrant, aren't you? No, yeah. you were born here. No, I'm an immigrant. So this, yeah, yeah. So my mom, I was raised it, on the idea yes. of like I remember I got in trouble once in middle school or in elementary school, and because I grew up without a dad, my mom had to find different ways to discipline me. Okay. And so one of the ways she f disciplined me was like, if you mess up in school enough, they will deport us. That was Just something she straight Yeah, lies. they will send us back to Hungary if you get wow. enough of these referrals. We are not citizens yet. And that worked for a while. Yeah. And then I got to middle school, and then she was like, I will send you to go live with your father. And that worked for like another year. Wait, where was your dad? That's what I found out. I'm like, you don't even know where dad is. Oh. <laughs> and, and, all, and then it fell apart. Her fantasy world fell oh, apart. This and deep then, searing pain in your mother's heart. She's yeah. using it to scare her son. You're like, you're right. I don't know where my husband is. God damn it. Were they married? I think so. Okay. They were divorced. You never met this guy. I never met my okay. dad. Uh, suppose, I assume everything my mom told me was true. Uh, but supposedly a... Uh, I mean, you we don't know. Do she, has a, she has a history of lying to just you. Just a bad... Oh, sorry to interrupt. Just a bad threat. I'll send you back to your dad. Awesome. Would love to see the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, hey, actually really a big school. part of my identity that I don't have. So <laughs> please, send me back to my father. This might answer some of my anxiety questions if I meet the man. Uh, but yeah, I guess so. The backstory, my dad is supposedly a musician. And young, they got together young. I actually forget if they fully got married or if they just had a baby and then they broke up. In Hungary, though. In Hungary. And so he's probably still there or probably was still there, I guess. I'm, I'm assuming he's still there. I assume I have a bunch of half-brothers and yeah, sisters yeah, that yeah. I've never wow. met. Um, uh, yeah, and... I guess uh, my my wife's. I do a bit about this, but my wife's fascinated that I've never met my dad, and yeah. like I don't think about him that much. Okay, yeah, yeah like because I, I never met him. It's not like he left. Yeah, when that's I was true. 10, yeah, and yeah. There isn't this closure. Yeah, yeah. It's, you started off with one and oh. Yeah, I started off with a mom that yeah. I'm assuming is telling me that because she lied about a few things. Man, but it, they were nice lies. They were the type of lies sure. you have to do. Yeah, to like you know, hey, I got to keep you in line. Right. I got. 40 hours of work to do yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can't be around to watch you. Yeah. Like I remember I was terrified 
of this might be why I'm such a rule follower. So my mom had to leave me alone a lot growing up. Like I remember uh, second grade, third grade, summer vacations. I was at home by myself and my mom was like, listen, you can go out to play when I come back. But oh, you wow. Gotta, yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't want you out there yeah. just without supervision. In without, the streets. Yeah, in the streets. Now, we weren't even in the bad streets, but just I don't want you out no, there. No, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. So, like, she was like, stay in the apartment. And then that's how I learned time. She's like, I'm, she would leave at, like, 6 in the morning. And she'd be like, when this clock gets to 2.30, that's when I get off. I'll be back at, or like, 3. Oh. And I was like, okay. And that's how I found out there's 60 minutes in an hour. Oh, you were just, like, watching the clock? Yeah, I was watching the clock. And I, I thought there was, like, 10 minutes in an hour. I'm like, oh, she'll be back in, like, no time. And then I watched, like, two episodes of Who's the Boss? And I'm like, that was only an hour? Dude, you were Dude, serving, like, a prison sentence. It was. Bro. I was just eating cereal. But she told me, she goes, if anyone knocks on that door, you don't answer that door for anybody anybody do you know what's going on in the news there's people coming in and they're violating children and i was like good she used the word re- violating uh, she used worse words than that <laughs> she, she, you're like i just learned how to tell time now you're telling me about getting molested yeah, like, yeah like full-on how do you do's wow and uh and so like i was terrified and then we, we lived with roommates because we were poor and there was a new roommate coming to like she had flown across the country to come move into the apartment and they knocked she knocked on the door and i recognized her voice but i remember what my mom's head so i never open so she's there with like two giant bags of luggage this, l- this lady on the door this poor lady beatrice and i'm under the bed <sighs> like home alone with the with the cereal boxes gone i ain't going out there dude you're on your own Damn. you, sh- you should have sent an email i mean this was 95 yeah she should have sent one of the first emails yeah and let me know but um what an unfortunate day for this a is, woman this is named I, unfortunately yeah, beatrice this. gotta be one of the most unfuckable names out there <laughs> Uh, can we swear on it? Is this like a whatever? I mean, oh, okay. I should I have asked before. It's fine. I don't I want to tell people what to do. No, no. I'll, I like I like that rule. That's okay. a decent constraint. I think, but you should have just let me know before. I should have, but I didn't have time. I didn't have time to get you coffee. Okay. The train fell apart. I shouldn't have well, wasted time. I apologize time to the. That's fine. Listeners. This so you're the first guest that's asked, and I've just let everyone cuss. And oh. I'm like, ah, whatever. Okay, so other people have cussed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm you're not, like, not the first. Okay. But yeah. I'm going to clean it up right now. There you go, yeah, Jake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's the long story short as to why I pay at the subway. Yes. It's because I'm a rule follower. That's okay. I mean, dude, it's it's good. But I want to be if more If everybody like, was like me, it would fall apart. I think so. They no, need, I know so. They, they <laughs> need a healthy <laughs> balance of they yous do. and me's. They do. But I appreciate what you do because uh, you have what I want in the sense of being in the moment and being comfortable to talk to strangers. I watched your documentary this oh, morning, yeah. like I told you. Yes. You did a great documentary, Van Life, across the country during the pandemic. Yep. You were out on the streets. You were interviewing people. Yes. And uh, I was fascinated by that. Because I don't have that in me. I've thought about doing man on the street stuff. Yeah. And there's been times where I'm like, I couldn't take a selfie with my wife in public because I'm like, ah, I don't like this. I just didn't <laughs> People like. People are looking, babe. Yeah. Oh, I, man. It's, it's so weird. For some reason, on stage. Yeah, you're so of, comfortable on stage. Comfortable. I just on, watched you. You were great. Yeah. I'm so com- funny. I'm comfortable in front of people if I'm illuminated and like And the you're not a up. performer. It's weird, too, because your comedy is it's not like you're doing somersaults but you're physical right. you're making faces yeah, yeah. you're doing like move you're not just like a guy who yeah, yeah. stands so it's funny 
you're vulnerable in front of people. You make all these weird faces and whatever, but then you're just like, hey, sir, how are you? And you're just like, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm done here. I'll be done here. It's because it's in context. Yes, that's of true. Comedy. Yeah. And then if you're just on the street, you're like, these people don't know that I'm like supposed to be funny. They don't yeah. know how to take me. That's true. And so all those fears go into my head. But you were interviewing these people, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about you, or envious of you, is the person you are on stage and off stage, or interviewing somebody is all the same level of confidence. Yes. Which is a you're not a arrogant person by any means. No. I'm, but you're confident. You're like the kind of confidence everyone strives for, where no one would go, that guy's a pompous, arrogant jerk. Oh, it's just God. the right amount of of confidence where you're like, no, that guy will just talk to anybody. Yeah. And yeah, I guess, but it, you have to learn it. It's a skill. It is? I'm. Yeah, a lot of times I'm scared doing it. It's, okay. it's still like, uh, you know, you have that feeling. But I think once you do it enough, you're like, okay, it's what's kind of like when you do comedy, you've bombed enough where you're like, I'll still get up tomorrow if I bomb. Right. You do these interviews, some of them go weird or bad or they're uncomfortable. You're like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, they're not, <laughs> you know, I guess some of the places I went, they could kill you. But, you know, for the most part, like they... It's just going to be weird, and then you move on, and you find a different person. That's true. What, I want to go on with this, but what's the name of it so people can check it it's out on YouTube? It's called Back At It. It's just on my YouTube channel. Go check Jake it Silverman. out. Yeah. Uh, but that's what we're talking about right now. The, and the interviews went one of two. Well, they went a bunch of different ways. My favorite one was the one at the end in New York City where you're interviewing someone in Times Square. Oh, and yeah. And then they go, oh, I'm, I'm actually going into a studio yes. to watch someone make like an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go in there... And it's this packed studio yep. with, I'm assuming everyone's like rap artists or like, or their, like their friends or their friends. Yeah. And, and you're just amongst them and you, you I, were you uncomfortable? It was you didn't you're in a small room full of people you don't know or just met a minute ago. Yeah, we yeah. And now you just like kind of you kind of got to blend in. Yeah. What you know, we didn't. <laughs> no, no, but you looked comfortable. I was like I was telling my wife I go if that was me, I would just be against the wall. Yeah, it, smiling because I'm like I don't know anybody here. I know. And I don't, and that I don't know actually why I'm was here. more nerve wracking because it, it felt more like a party, and I don't like parties. Okay, <laughs> I'm very, I am very much the fly on the wall at parties because I don't. But that's not my vibe. But I, I feel like I don't know. The camera does bring stuff out of people. People will if you stick a microphone in there in front of a camera. Like there's almost this innate sense in humans to be like. I got, I've had something to say for a while. Yeah. It's a weird psychology. And I, you started, I started to learn it as I did those videos where it was just like, man, these people like, I, you would assume most people are like, no. Right. Because most people wouldn't ever do what we do. They wouldn't get in front of people on a stage. Like yeah. that's like the biggest fear to people is public speaking. Right. And yet when you're like, hey, what do you think about this? They're like, yes, well, actually I've had a few. And it's just like, that's, and they'll say weird shit that I don't think may, not like I, like, I gotcha, but they open up in ways that you're like, did you mean to say stuff like that? Or did you want to say all this? I wonder how many times they, if they ever even watched the footage where they're like, is that really what I said? I feel like some of them might kind of, not like blackout, blackout, but be like, they just get in a flow and then they, it's over and then they're like, cool. I, okay, that and was what I wanted like, What did I just yeah, say? It's yeah. weird. It's very weird. It was very interesting to watch all the interviews where it was either one or the other. It was just like someone either pouring their heart out yeah. or they just started twerking in front of the camera. They were drunk. It was, it yes. was very... Yeah. It was so... 
It's like, what do huge. you think of the country? What do you have to say? It was either like, this country's going to hell. Yeah. It was during the pandemic. So it was like, uh, doom and gloom, blah, blah, right. blah. Or it was just like, I remember this one girl didn't say anything. She just smiled and she just turned around yeah. and just started twerking. Shaking that ass, And baby. I love it. That's like the... That's like somewhere between fight or flight. Yeah. Of like interviews. Talk or twerk. Yeah, talk or twerk. <laughs> <laughs> like, which one are you gonna do? Yeah, which one are you? And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to because like I love that you're comfortable to go talk to anybody because the day after we did the show in Buffalo. Yeah. I was at the Buffalo airport very early with my wife, and we saw the million dollar man Ted DiBiase in oh, wow. line. With us to get what a pull! I know how many people are even recognizing that guy. Me yeah. and the cashier. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's who recognized. Sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my wife noticed him first because he was just like this big man wearing a track pants and a, a polo shirt with the WWE logo oh, okay. on his shirt. Yeah, yeah. And she, because she doesn't know, she just knows I'm a super fan, so she's yeah. like. Is that somebody? And yeah. then I look, and I only saw like half his face. I'm okay. like, that's the million dollar man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was awake. I was I was sleeping thirty minutes before this moment. Wow. Like I we had no sleep. It was yeah. very early. Uh, it wasn't a sleep. It was a long nap. Is yeah. what we had. And yeah, then yeah. we just we were there. And uh, she's like, "You should go get his picture." And I I couldn't do it. And she was like, "Last night you took a picture with like a hundred people right. after the show. Yeah. And you won't go talk to that guy who right. you've like since you were a kid. Yeah. To go to. And I'm like, it's five in the morning. He's having coffee." I can't, it's not in context of pictures. Also, I feel like when you're getting, people are asking you for your picture, you're kind of in control. You're like, I am. They're, they saw you do something they enjoyed versus this guy who's like, yeah, man, here you go. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. You know, I get, I get that. Yeah. And I couldn't do it, even though he took a photo with the cashier. But I was like, the cashier was providing a service. He couldn't not take a photo with the cashier guy because they might, they might spit in his coffee. It's like, funny though. You, like, you better be you, nice to the. Do you not have the like comedian thing where you're just like, I gotta do this because it'll make me uncomfortable, and worse comes to worse, it'll be a weird story. I do do that sometimes. Okay, I do do. Where that you're just sometimes. like, I'm not comfortable, but if I, I just, I'll say this thing, and then it either is like goes the way I wanted it, or it's like. Then you can bring it to the stage where you're like, dude, I said this thing and it went haywire or what? No, I mean, I, I don't know what you're really saying, but yeah, you know, like I called him out for his uh, his abuse of the Mississippi welfare system because yes. he stole like two million dollars. Oh, me. he did. Yeah, it was like some weird him and Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah, he, wow. he funneled it through his church somehow. He runs a church. Good for him. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it fits his gimmick. He's a villainous million dollar yeah, he man. he turned heel in real life. Yeah, he, he just kept his gimmick alive. Wow. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I like to step into things that scare me, but I take a long time to do it. Sure. Like, one of my reasons for moving to the city was it, it scares me. Yeah, it's yeah, It's a yeah. very big city. Yeah. On the comedy aspect, it's intimidating. On just the living here aspect, it's intimidating. Totally. And so that's why I wanted to live here. Yeah. It took me years to do it. Yes. Because uh, I was thinking about it in 2019. Right. The pandemic slowed it down. But I'm the same way. Like, I started taking boxing classes. It took me three years to start sparring. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I was like, I loved hitting the mitts, and this yeah. felt comfortable. And I'm like, I don't want... 
you feel immaculate when you hit pads or hit a bag. Right. You're like, I might be the strongest man alive. Yeah, I Tyson think I might, better I think, watch out. Yeah, yeah, I think if I punch someone in yeah. the face, their head would explode right. like a ball of chalk. And then you go, and then you don't want to spar to have that fantasy taken away from you. And you probably don't want to get punched in the face. That, that's what the fantasy being <laughs> yeah, taken yeah, away yeah, from you is. Yeah. You getting punched in the face, right. and reality hits you. And then I'm like, finally, I'm like, you have to go do it because you're scared of it. Yeah. So I started going sparring, and both happened. Both of those things happened. Right. A little bit of the fantasy got washed away. Yeah. But then not all of it. And I was like, oh, I, I'm actually okay. I punched a guy in the face. On the tour? No, I'm saying you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being me. like, wow, oh, yeah, yeah. I punched a guy. I, you punched know, a guy I got punched, but I also yeah. punched a guy in the face. It, it, was, it was weird. And yeah. then at the end of it, you never feel more alive. Like hitting I, another I, I, man? Yeah, hitting Good, another yeah. man, having them hit you. Yes. It's like it's the whole kind of theme of Fight Club. Totally. Where yeah. afterwards they're like, ah. Primate they, they violence. Feel alive. My, I would come home. I was in such a good mood. My wife is like, "You should punch people every day." Yeah, I love <laughs> and, you and now. get punched. Yeah. <laughs> you're in such a better mood. That's so great. But so that's my thing is you from the outside. I don't know what goes on in your head, but from the outside, you step into things that seem scary to me easier than in a way I would do it. Like I would have so much more forethought and fear and tepid, sure. like, you know, getting in. But, but you, you know, you, you stepped into things that scare me. Marriage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> long, loving relationships. Love. Those are crazy. Those, um, those are scary. Those are terrifying, dude. And, and they're never accomplished. Like you, you, you're never done with them. I was reading this book and they were talking about marriage. It's like marriage isn't a destination or a relationship, marriage or otherwise. Yeah. Relationships aren't a destination. They're like constant. You constantly work on them. Right. Constantly have new things come up. You constantly have different things to deal with. And in a way, it's like everything. You know what it I mean? It is. But it's everything. A lot of things in life are I person work on this inanimate thing. I work mm -hmm. on my act. I work on piece of work but when it's another person and they have yeah. feedback they're like i don't like that you're like well i thought it was gonna go this way so all right thank you for that that that's like a whole other thing it's the part of it i really like is uh my wife amongst many things is my piece of honesty in life that's in, good you need where that. like she won't she won't beat around the bush yeah and she'll just like tell me what's what she really thinks as opposed to you know if you get enough friends around you're like is this person telling me the truth right or are they trying to like save my feelings a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's nice to have someone that loves you but it was also just brutally honest with you sometimes when you when you need that is she like in because she was traveling with you in Buffalo. Yeah. Is she like involved in your comedy? Not like a, as a writer, but like, does she like do stuff for your career? Yeah. She does a lot of back end stuff oh, okay. like, uh, advertising, promoting my oh, shows. Nice. nice. Um, she helped me. I put on an independent comedy tour right out of the pandemic 2022. Mm -hmm. And she did all, it was kind of her idea. Well, and and then she did all the legwork for advertising. Oh, that's I great! I didn't know, and she's like, "I need this much money for you to sell this many tickets." And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "She knows I how get... to do that." Yeah, because she works in e-commerce. Oh, so, so you need like, a person like that in your corner. Yeah, so she she runs businesses. She understands uh, Google ads, Facebook ads, oh like different God. forms of advertising. I've tried to look at some of those, and I'm just like, I don't get it. <laughs> No, dude. Dude, I don't get no it. No way. <laughs> There's like that, all. like even like the Facebook business page. Like you, I'm just like, 
Um, if no one shows, that'll be better than trying to figure <laughs> this thing out. Like, I have no clue. That's really nice that you have a person who's it's, like, it's can perfect. do that and like, yeah, she can come on tour with you, it seems like, or go to she, shows sometimes. So in 2022, she came to pretty much all of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was a huge help, helped me sell merch and just kept my head on straight out there because it was, it was a lot of road work and she kept it fun. Yeah. Because I, I don't leave the hotel room really otherwise. Yeah, not, I don't usually either. I mean, I guess it depends on the city. It, it right. If there is a yeah. place I I haven't really been before i'll try to go out but yeah. if it's kind of like a hotel maybe like either you've been there or it's kind of in the suburbs you're like oh, yeah, what's the point and as a guy who lives in a van right now <laughs> a hotel room with a bathroom and like air a tv yeah. and air conditioning i'm just like this is the vacation <laughs> dude like this is really the reason to do the road is like this right here so leaving it seems like, like oh i have to be outside like i'm always outside it seems stupid to be outside no yeah especially if it's a good hotel oh like if it's yeah. a really good hotel it's like why aren't we naked in robes yes watching tv and and watching the channels we don't have at home like it's it seems I kind know. of a, a waste but she would come along and make me go out and see and do things i mean that which is, is better good. for it you better because i you end up with more stories more stuff you can say on stage right. instead of like i was naked up until an hour ago <laughs> which is funny <laughs> which but, is still funny yeah, yeah, but yeah. after you say that what else do you say right yeah yeah, yeah. you're, no, you're kind of there you know yeah no i do like that but um, well, that's cool that you guys have that. No, no, we have that. And and I was about to say, like, you living in a van or just van life in itself is kind of a relationship. Because <laughs> in the beginning, it's it probably is. very glossy and sexy. And, yeah. and you're like, what's tomorrow going to bring? And then maybe a month or six months or a year down the road, it's a very different relationship. Yeah. Of the She's road. beat up, ugly, you don't love her anymore, you're ready to move on to a sexier, younger van. Yeah, I get it, Dylan Zeltan, I know what you're talking about. Um, here's, van life is so weird because, like, so I, the documentary, I bought that van in the spring of 21, so we were still okay. in the pandemic. Yeah. I also wanted to, I was supposed to move to New York in 2020. I had like, and I picked the worst timing, like, I, I had a day job still, and I put my two weeks in like March 6th. I'm like, see you later. I'm going to follow my dreams. And they're like, that's great. You know, you've been here for four years. And I had been in Portland for seven at that right. time. So it was kind of like, you know, I'd kind of peeked out at really what I could do in Portland. And I was like, cool, 2020, I'd picked it. going to do it. I'm moving in. I was going to move June of 2020. Yeah. Two week notice, like a week later, they're like, well, this thing is real, I guess. And I was like, hey, could I like, not quit <laughs> and they're like no you already did yeah, and i was like well could you like lay me off so i could get unemployment they're like nope you quit oh, so like i went man. into the pandemic being like oh i actually like messed up my entire life because like dude i was like i was living in a house with uh my girlfriend at the time and one roommate but my girlfriend and i each had our own bedrooms even though we would sleep together most nights it was just wow it was just nice to have a little space in the house and Did like. Did you guys meet in the house as roommates? No, we were dating, but it was just like the Portland rent was so cheap, right? That like, we basically were like, let's just have two rooms. So you know, especially with comedy, sometimes I've come home later. Like yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it is healthy to have once in a while be like, I'm just gonna do my own bed tonight. Absolutely. So like, it was very, it worked out well. But in preparation for the move, I had given up my room and moved into hers. So we were like, say, I was saving money that way. Mm -hmm. Pandemic hits. Now you're like, oh God, like you're in this room. 
her bed turned out to not be good for two people. It was like kind of an old mattress. I was sleeping on the floor. Oh, wow. No, no unemployment, no job. New York wasn't happening. Like, I just was like, dude, like, what happened? Yeah. And this was all within, like, you know, a couple months. Everybody was like, we went from like, hey, Jake, good luck out there to be like, what are you doing? And I'm just <laughs> like, and yeah, it was rough. So I ended up buying the van in 21. And I, you know, cause that's when comedy was kind of like, yeah. you like some people were doing stuff, some people weren't, but there were opportunities available in 21. Texas and especially Florida. in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, in the summer, in the summer almost everywhere. Everywhere. Depending. Cause yeah. that's what the documentary was, was like, right. hey, this is a summer where kind of things are opening. Mm -hmm. And so I did the van life for like two months that summer in 22 when I finally, I got here in November of 22. Okay. Um, I left Portland in June in the van. I was on the road basically from like June till October, found an apartment here, did like another month on the road and then left the van at my parents' house, lived in an apartment. So that was like year two. And then this is the third summer of like van life where I- uh, Where left. like you have an apartment here and there sometimes. Sometimes and like, sometimes yeah. sometimes full van. I gave my apartment up at the end of May. So June, now's July and I'll probably be in it till the fall basically okay. so i'm doing these like chunks of it where it's like it makes sense for touring life i don't know for some reason paying new york rent and you're not here just seems like it's it's hard such a waste yeah it's like portland when i would leave for weeks at a time is like whatever my rent is 500 dollars. wow but like my here, eyes just lit up yeah 500 <laughs> could you imagine i mean dude the last place i lived in portland uh, with we me and my girlfriend moved to a different house where we still had a couple roommates but we had like we shared a bedroom and had an office and together i think that we collectively paid 700 dollars. wow so we were paying 350 each so like for me it was like yeah i'll be i'll see you in a month I'm, i'll do this whole tour but then it was like what like it, it, that was an afterthought right but here it's like all right i'm paying what a thousand eleven twelve hundred dollars yeah. to not be here so Scary. i just like the van just was like i gotta do that yeah, that's and that is so true. Paying that much in rent and not f just spending most of your time in the city does seem like a waste. But you want to do both in a way. Because you do. It's tough. Yeah, it's a weird balance. Like, like I kind of feel that way because I'm on the road a lot. Yeah, but I want to be here during the week. Of course, like and I like, want to be here Monday through Wednesday at right. least. And then if I ha if I'm gone Thursday through Sunday, then yeah, I guess that's the best case scenario because I got to be out there to make the money to live here. Totally. So it's a it's a weird. Cause you don't have a day job, right? I don't have a day job. Um, I haven't had one since I quit that one in 2020. Congratulations. Thanks. That's, I mean, you know, I'm eking it out, but, you, uh, <laughs> Hey, you haven't quit. <laughs> I haven't like, quit. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. You have, uh, you also have like the look of like a vice reporter. Yes. So it looks like when you say I'm living in a van, it looks artistic, like you just came back from Romania, right? Uh, reporting on their skateboarding under yes. underground culture or something. If I live in a van, you're like, oh no, like there's more. <laughs> I don't. I think like any connotations <laughs> of anything cool go out the window, and you're like, we really need to set up a GoFundMe for old Zoltan. It's here. weird because you come. You're a very like put together guy oh, it's odd you. that you have this weird issue I will because always like be you're like a handsome man you have the haircut the oh, teeth are good oh i need you, gotta, you on this podcast you, like a, you, have, my a, biscuits. you have a wife yeah. an apartment i have the, like you have a good thing going i have the self-esteem of a chubby 10 year old who just started a new school yes yeah in a new country in everything. a new country because yeah, yeah. that was my childhood yeah so but like and everyone was nice to me no one was ever even mean 
Like I would just uh, come in and like, it'd be Welcome like, "Welcome to America!" Yeah, like your name's Zoltan. That's so cool. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> but I always, I don't know. For some reason, there's this weird. I mean, I've met plenty of comics that have it. You know, I mean, I I think we all have a little bit of it. I definitely some have, a have it bit. way worse than others. Yeah. Like I feel like I have it worse than you. But I have a, I had another friend, Billy, in there who I uh, Billy here, Billy Bonnell, who's incredibly talented comedian i think he has it more than me the little bit of the yeah like you talk yourself out of things sure like, ah you shouldn't go do that like don't yeah get out of here i really do feel though like i feel like new york has helped me with it a lot i, I feel the same way because it kind of just makes all your little internal crap it's like this is not important like because right. there's so much out here that i have to deal with like it kind of forces your internal world out mm because, and maybe especially, I'm probably on steroid version of it because right. I am like in the van and like out a lot. But yeah. I really do like uh, weird things I noticed about the van. I'm like, oh, this is like so good for my mental health. It's like, I don't have a mirror in there. Ah. And like, I don't know, you ever go camping and you like hadn't seen your reflection in like four days and then you come back and you're like, oh, there you are. Okay, that <laughs> sucks. But like, but when you don't know what you look like, you're just like, I'm a spirit. I'm a piece of energy on this earth. And then you come back, you're like, oh, I'm just like a sack of meat. This sucks. So <laughs> That's not what I expected you to say. Oh, really? I, I don't thought know. you were going to say, have you ever not seen your face for four days because you're camping and then you see your face? And you're like, hey, that's a handsome young man right there. No, oh, you come no, back no, and you're no, like, no. oh, look at this piece of death oh, in front of me. yeah, no, it's just like, oh, you look worse. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's like there. It, my whole life is just forced out into the world that I, I don't have as much like doubt. And yeah. I think I like have, I don't know if you have like the ADHD brain kind yeah. of. It's hard but for I, me to stay present. Yes. But for me, the pace of the city really helps with that. Cause I'm mm. like, everybody else is going fast. Everybody I else is working yeah. their tails off. Like that makes more sense to me. I don't know. Like my girlfriends have always told me like the last three girlfriends I've had, they're always like, you're like a workaholic. Like, you put it, but that's just, be, it's not really like I'm trying to prove something. It's like, this is when I feel the best Yeah, is when I'm always moving and do, I don't like, if I'm at home for like a day, I'm just like, dude, I got to get out of this place. Like one day I can give myself to be like, oh, I'm just going to hang out the house. But after that, I'm like, I got to be out there in the world. I totally relate to that. And the New York experience is like, is that mm -hmm. at its probably biggest level is like cool everybody here is out they're doing it they don't have time for any of your crap they don't so don't bring it and yeah. like just keep keep it moving and it makes it more comfortable to reach out for things yes as, as a as with getting on a show or right. a podcast or something it, it I, for me anyway i have to like work myself up and then message somebody that me too and uh but the fact that like if I sit at home, nobody will reach out. Yeah, makes me do that more. Right, because they don't. You know, back in maybe in Portland or oh, yeah. for me in San Diego, I wouldn't have to reach out to anybody. Never. People would be like, "You want to come do the show tonight?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be of great." Course, and yeah. then you go do like a thirty minutes set. Yeah, you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, and here though, you know, we're in the giant pond now. They don't need us here. Don't need us. I like being in a city where. I, I compared New York City to like a cat, like where they don't need you or want you, but if you work really hard, they might tolerate you being <laughs> yeah. around. Yes, that's and, true. And it's kind of what the city's like. And I'm like, I kind of like living in a in a situation like that. I remember the, I came here the first time my aunt took me as a bar mitzvah present. So I was oh. 13. Uh, 
yeah. So that was, yeah, I was 13 at the time. She took me here for a week. It was just her and I. And I remember being like, you know, I was hitting puberty, obviously. So it was probably the anxiety was my, all my stuff kicked on puberty. Okay. Pre-puberty, like elementary school, I don't remember having any of this stuff. What was, do you have? Just like anxiety, depression stuff, you okay. know, just, but I just remember as a middle schooler and high school, I was like, whoa, right. I don't feel good anymore. This sucks, <laughs> you know? And like, I didn't have that as a kid. I know some kids have it like right. early, but I, I think it just chemicals in my brain were like, you should feel you're sad. a new guy now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember coming here and just being so all that kind of lifted because I was like, no one cares. I loved being a, a face in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I loved, I felt like there was no pressure on me anymore. You're anonymous. I, you're in totally that anonymous. Yeah. And yeah. no one, like, I think some people come here and they're like, I need somebody to notice me. But it, I love just being like, I'm walking by all these people. They don't care that I'm here and I don't care that they're here. Or just like kind of ships in the night everywhere you go. And I love that there literally was a person from every country on the planet. Yeah. I was like, who's going to be an asshole to anybody here? <laughs> like, everybody is kind of has that low-level New York right. gruffness. Right. But the idea of, like, somebody being, like, kind of overtly prejudiced, or you're just like, dude, like... You came to the wrong place. This is the worst place yeah. for you to be. But yeah, uh, being a racist in New York is kind of like... You know when like bears are trying to get the salmon that are spawning yeah. up river and there's yeah, yeah. too many salmon yeah. so they can't choose <laughs> like, like who which do I one did yeah who I can't there's just too many around me and they just can't really there are clearly like people who are like the Puerto Rican you know or whatever but even <laughs> then they have to live next to them yeah they can't be so like they, they kind of like, gotta be like Juan you know like right <laughs> after like so they can't they can't be totally separate. You know, I, I think what you're trying to say, and maybe I'm wrong, but you can correct me, was New York City, because of the diversity and the population, uh, it doesn't solve your racism, but it at least prevents you from acting on it. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I have my landlord. You know, yeah, like, I can't, yeah. you know, what am I supposed to you're do? You're not going to be like, you should get out of this country. Like, I'll have a egg on rye you know like you can't be like the dude's a bodega guy you know so it's like you have to deal with people in a way that you don't other otherwise maybe that is the a, a practical answer to hatred and racism is yeah. just overpopulate the planet with everybody yep and then just be like well we gotta get along i also, guess i'll have my thoughts you also realize like well people in my group suck too mm -hmm. you've been on the subway and you're like huh an annoying white guy. <laughs> I guess we can't. We're all, you know, like if you were a racist, and you're like whites are the best. And then you see like a white guy playing music out of a broken speaker, like oh, he's dead in the race war for sure. Like we gotta go. Yeah, the, it's there's no coincidence that white supremacy lives in small towns. Yeah, it's like you, dude, you if, don't have to deal with it. Yeah, you don't know enough people. To, right, and, and also the fact that you think you guys are great, and that's the pool you're choosing yeah. from. Also weird, but like. Move around a little. Move around. You know, you just a passport away from curing that. I've always thought that uh, like a funny sketch or just the bravest man in the world would be the, a, a Klansman trying to set up a shop, a clan, like a clan group in New, in York, New York City. <laughs> Can you imagine going out in the robes in New York City and just, just the absolute pummeling you would take within a block? I wonder if... I think people would be more confused. It would than be react. wild. It would be wild, but I think for the first 10, 15 minutes, they might think it's like a, uh, what's that, like immersive play? You know, like oh, it's not yeah, on a stage. Yeah. You're, it's the stage is life, yes, and you're like, yes. oh, maybe these are actors. Yeah, and it's like a piece of art that I should yeah, think about. Yeah, but yeah, at some point, a kid art. on a city bike would throw like a slurpee at them. Yes, 
in a, a minute and then it would break that illusion and they'd be like oh we should kick these guys asses and then it would have like it would just be so wild it would be crazy it would be great so but you experienced a little bit of because uh, you're Jewish yep and you were wearing the Star of David in yeah. Denver I, I saw that on the documentary it was early in the documentary it was too. weird it was, it was weird and I didn't know what he was coming f- so backstory yeah you're yeah. on the street you're interviewing drunk people yes and out of nowhere someone called yell Zionist or this something. guy is like, yeah, he was at these tables. We had interviewed these other like British people, and then one of the guys who we had interviewed broke off, and I didn't see what started it, but they started not even jawing. I think the guy who was sitting down, who I ended up talking to or yelling at me, was mad at this guy, and then he happened to see my chain, which is not like a, it wasn't like a giant <laughs> flavor flave like Star of <laughs> David, like it was a pretty small thing, yeah. but he clearly caught it, yeah, and was like. These people, some of these people, like, they see a camera and a mic and they all, they, they give you this, like, authority that you don't have. Like, he right. kept being like, you need to report on. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I am. That goes back to you looking like a vice reporter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he's like, you got to report on Israel. And I'm, and I'm just like, what are you talking? We're like, not the news, dude. I was like, you should see where I'm sleeping tonight and tell me that I have any. Yeah, he's uh, like, I know. I saw your news van. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's clearly well, the I don't know news. they all had beds in them, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, so he just gets more and more worked up. And obviously people are drunk. Yeah. So he's drunk and he's upset about whatever the star represents to him. Right. And yeah, he's getting more and more heated. I don't know, like, I, when I watched that clip, like, there's little things I remember. Like, I remember in the moment being like, all right, don't be in range where this guy could swing on you. Yes. So, like, I there's a moment where I take, like, a half step, and it's, like, a very subtle thing that I probably, no one's going to be watching for right. it. But I was closer to him, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe we should be in range. Why be in range? <laughs> And uh, and he just gets more and more worked up about you need to record on this. And then he was getting mad that we were filming the, but your conversation. My, yeah, that he, he walked into that he walked into and started. Yeah, and saw that we had this whole setup. So he was mad and he was like, "You're not. You're filming me against my permission." And we're like, "Well, it's a public street. We're not gonna like. You yeah. can just walk away. We're not gonna follow you." And yeah. He came when it got bad. Is he came up to my cameraman and like right in his face was like, "I'm gonna knock you out." Oh, you because the camera goes like kind of all swirly, yeah, he, like goes on the ground, and you just hear, ver- you yeah. Just hear but he's like, "I'm gonna knock you out," and then I'm just like, "Let's," because I'm not trying to get in any fight. Like, dude, yeah. this is the last thing I'm. What also like, what are we even fighting about? Your don't like Jewish people. Like, I'm not gonna fight you about this. Yeah. So I was just like, "All right, dude." I just push my cameraman down the street, and then you hear him being like, what does he say, Jew, something. That's when the truth came out. Yeah, that's when it was like, oh, you're not mad about Israel-Palestine, dude. No, you, just don't, you like don't like Jews. Jews. And, yeah. that's, and that was that's what I was trying to get out of that yeah. conversation the entire time. I'm like, is he have a real thing against Israel's policies sure. against Palestine? Right. Or is this like a, a very simplified, no, 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 I just hate Jewish people. When, and that's yeah. what it was. That's what it was you, at the when, end. At the end, and you're right. like, oh, that was the answer. That was the answer yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, man. And like, whatever. I don't know, dude. If you're going to be that way, like, but I'm definitely not going to get in a brawl about you. Like, I mean, I'm not going to get in a fight. How do you, yeah. There's no, I, you know, if someone has hatred towards your group of people or any group of people, there's no conversation that's going to solve it. No. And a fight definitely won't. No. It'd be crazy if it did, though, wouldn't it? I know. Like, it, it's just, just like that documentary like, smash cut guess, to, like, yeah. next year's Hanukkah yeah. at the yeah. Silverman house, yeah. and he's over there, like, he's doing like, all... the black guy's like, I guess you were right, <laughs> yeah. man. 
You guys are the best. Should have shouldn't have said that, dude. My bad. Denver. You yeah, know? Well, yeah, yeah. I learned my lesson. And yeah, I mean, it was weird because I was like, I was more. I wasn't really afraid. Like, I wasn't really afraid that. Even if I got punched, I wasn't like, oh, you know, whatever. Right. I was really more afraid in the moment. I was like, do not break the camera. The documentary yes. is over if you break the camera. Because, like, my, I felt bad. My cameraman rig. was much more vulnerable because yeah. he didn't really have his hands. Because mm -hmm. he had this, you know, unit, like this big, he had a handle, handheld camera. So it's like, he can't fight you, dude. Right. He's like, this, this is like a $3,000 camera. And I'm just like, dude, like... Just hit me in the face. If you want it, like, look, I can do the rest of the doc with a black eye. If this is gone, it's over, and we only made it two weeks. So, like, yeah. that's where I was really like, this is a lot of equipment that we have around wasted people. Just get the hell out of here. Yeah. yeah, that was impressive of you taking high-dollar equipment to yeah. hammer people, and you're like, thank God they're just twerking. Yes. The people that were twerking are like, please, film all that. Yeah, that's not going to lead to any kind yeah. of violence. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's pretty wild. To yeah. go into to go into that kind of territory, and and you even said it in there. You're like, I'm. I expected that in the South, right? And then Denver, yeah, is where you hit it. I know. And did you even get to go to the South, or was it Indy and then Pittsburgh, kind yeah, of Chicago, initially Midwest? Initially, there was kind of a plan to. So I had this guy. So the cameraman I went with was a former coworker who was like a video editor guy at my job that I ended up quitting, and then his job obviously ended because the pandemic so we were all out of work and i was just like hey like i'm going to do this thing do you want to come you don't have a job right now and he agreed to do it we initially i was initially maybe thinking that he could come on the way back and uh -huh. we would go through the south but he wasn't able to do he was just able to do it one way and then i was like maybe i'll do like some film myself like yeah. with a gopro but it just ended up it was too much so it ended up just being portland to new york which is plenty yeah it was it, it, it was plenty and also but... dude like me and one i had one guy editing it with me yeah i saw that in the credits and i was like that poor bastard uh, dude editing a documentary like i've i once tried to edit a city vlog where i like tried a sandwich in omaha <laughs> and it took me forever it to put together all the clips yeah. and i'm like I, I can't imagine how much oh footage. dude we spent because my the guy who was editing had a day job you know so he yeah. was so we had to like meet every night look over i mean it it the one thing I regret about the documentary, and it's really just it was a budget issue because we were doing it for a couple, we raised like a couple grand right. through like what a Kickstarter or something, but we kind of missed the window when COVID like content was still really Hi. hot yeah, yeah. because by the time it came out, just because it took so long to edit, it was just me and him sitting at a computer every night being like, this minute one. one i mean it was a 75 minute thing you know yeah. like all right we're through four minutes you know and it took three <laughs> nights or whatever like it we lost a little bit of that window i think where people were like because people wanted to be done with covid yeah. so to be like hey i got a documentary all about my they're just like yeah, yeah miss right. me with that dude yeah. like and so we really that was the one thing i regret but it's you know people don't see that back end stuff they had most of you have no idea how long it takes to make anything in video like it they they just well you film and you cut it it's like no, no. You're like you're making second and, by second and it's decisions. hard enough to do a script but yeah it's, it's way worse to do you know a documentary with right. just random footage everywhere and but. you're like hoping to show something from each so yeah i think you guys did a great job the Thank editor you. hats off to him uh you did a great job the cameraman didn't get punched in the face nothing yeah you got to see a little bit of uh only a tiny bit of hatred from that yeah. one guy in Denver, and uh, you know, we kind of circled back around. But that's where we are. We're, we're. I, I didn't watch. Did you watch Barbie? 
I haven't seen it yet. Is it, it good? I don't know. I didn't watch it, but like the fact that anyone has a hard opinion left or right on, on Barbie, Barbie yeah. and you're like, come on, man. I know. It's like Barbie and Bud Light. You yeah, know, like, yeah, I, man. I, you know, it's like, well, has anyone ever zoomed out? Like, if I've ever had a hard opinion on something, and then zoom, I try to zoom out and go, do I have a right to be this upset about right. this? And I, and a lot of times the answer is no. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people with like Barbie and Bud Light, man, zoom out just a, just a tad and go, well, I think it's all right. There, there are so many layers of bullshit in the world at this point. And I think it's extended because of like now we're all connected through the internet. But like, yeah. I think a lot of people's anger isn't actually at the thing, the Bud Light or the Barbie or whatever it is. It's that there is this and it it's right and left. Sometimes it comes out as political. But at the end of the day, I think all people at this point in modern day America are inundated with such levels of untruth and bullshit yeah. that they actually are going kind of crazy yeah like they don't no one really knows what's happening anymore no and there's like we don't know what's going to happen with war on ukraine climate like so their whole world is like i'm scared i'm scared i'm scared mm. and then they're like well what if i just get mad at this thing and then it's like that will solve it you can focus your anger on like one thing if i'm mad at a bud light can <laughs> my whole world will change and i'll and then it's like and then you probably wake up the next day after you've, you've shot a 12 pack yeah and you go huh still in this house <laughs> still got these thoughts like so it's like i think these and I'm not even mad at them because some people like they're just trying to get out of whatever they feel up here, right? And they're just like, "Yeah, I am mad at Bud White or whatever Bud Light." Or I'm jealous. Yeah, because they like, can they, look at it I, and be like, "This is it." I wish I had anything in my life I was that passionate about. Yeah, <laughs> where I was like, "Oh, I'm getting on that podcast." Yeah, and I'm like, I don't have like, but that's know. also not good for them or anybody. It's not good for their heart. No. Yeah, you're, no. you're gonna, dude. The world's ending, and you're gonna miss it. Cause yeah. You're gonna have like you a coronary. Making and then, some stand about something that's not real. Yeah. Or, it's very, or at the end of the day, doesn't matter to your day or anyone else's really. But I do find people, sometimes I do get annoyed with people when they make these stands because I'm like, I don't think you're going to do anything about this, so why are you talking so much about it? And that's on all sides of the spectrum. Yeah. I, I see these people who are like, you know, like with the cop thing, right? Would, oh, with the abuse or well, a just specific like, one? Just like you, you meet these people, especially like in Brooklyn, you're like, yeah, I hate cops and I'm, I'm all, all the cops are bad or what? Their whole kind of identity yeah. is like, I don't like cops. And then you're like, well, what are you going to do about it? And you're like... You're drinking at a bar. You're not doing it. Like, what are you doing? And so now we just have to listen to you as if you're doing something about right. this issue. And I think that is where I'm just like, or like the Bud can or whatever. It's like, are you going to, you're probably, I guarantee you'll be drinking Bud next week. So it's, it's like, it's fine. So it's a it's, fine beer. Right. It's not good. So it's it's like, not bad. What are it's we there. pretending that yeah. you're going to do about this issue? You're not going to do anything about it. You're yeah. going to get to be all mad online and then be like, you know like you're just gonna crack one later when no one's looking so like stop i don't get into any of the protests i i eat chick-fil-a i wear nikes i think nike was in i'm into all of them i yeah. eat at jimmy john's you're not supposed to eat there because the ceo killed a lion or like oh. he's like a big game hunter in africa yeah which i'm not a fan of but yeah. guess what i was in the outskirts of missouri and i was hungry and they had a jimmy john's and I ate it. Everybody's got blood in their hands, bro. Every, every, we all got a little blood on our hands. It's part I, of it. Just, you know. 
Love each other. Sorry to be all Mr. Rogers. Um, where can people find you, Jake? Uh, online, all my handles are at the comedian Jake. Uh, Jake Silberman, S I L B E R M A N, is the YouTube channel. So if you do want to watch the doc, that's on there. And then I post all my dates on my website, thecomedianjake.com. Excellent. Thank I have two podcasts too Jake Silberman Show and Hard Man Soft Boy with Hunter Donaldson. Hell yeah. yeah. Go uh, go follow him and all that stuff. Watch the documentary and all the... He has plenty more stuff on his YouTube channel. Yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. so much Thanks for, for being Thanks for having on. me, bud. It was good to hang out. Thank you for watching, downloading, doing what you do. Ciao, everybody. Trekking heavier traveling life. There's one thing that's right wherever I go.